It's time for your personal bank show with Ferret's Tote, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferret's Tote. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. And today, folks, uh, I'm really excited. We've got a special guest. But what I want to say first is um, if you listen to the show, the last show, I was sharing this is a continuation of the, uh, the last show where trying to answer the number one question I'm getting from listeners and prospects and even my clients is in this tough economic environment with the high inflation and everything else that's going on, where can I invest money with a reasonable rate of return and expect some sort of uh, expectation of not losing it. So I've been sharing, like I said, the personal bank concept is one of those places. Obviously, if you've been listening to the show, you know, to get the positive arbitrage, I have shared of I bonds as another place to consider. Um, you know, you can go to treasurydirect.gov. It's paying 9.6% right now. That's not a bad option, but I've got a third option here that I'm going to share with you. And, and again, before I do, I'm totally agnostic. If you listen to this show, you know it. Uh, I don't care where people invest their money. If you've got something that works, keep doing it. So I'm not saying it. You know, you're gonna. I don't want you to do this because Ferent said so. What I want you to do is look into it, do your due diligence, and you determine if this is something that's for you. I find it interesting. And full disclosure, I fully plan to, uh, to invest myself. So again, I think it's an interesting idea that you should consider and look into. And our guest today we have is is Lane and Lane. You're going to have to pronounce your last name That's for right. me. It's Lane Schoenberger. Okay, he's with Y Refi. And and Lane, what is your what is your role or position with them? Uh, I am the chief investment officer and one of the managing members. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So the first question I've got to ask you, Lane, is what is Y Refi? Y Refi. We are in the business of refinancing distressed private student loans. We do not do any federal student loans, strictly private and strictly distressed. Now, that's really important, I think you mentioned, the private, because there's been a lot of uh, you know, news about the Biden administration potentially forgiving student loan debt. But this would not affect this at all. And why is that? Correct. So there's, there's two types of student loans. There's federal and there's private. Okay. All student loans are bankruptcy protected. So this is not an asset that the borrower can just wander into a bankruptcy court and say, hey, I can't do this. I need out. Uh, getting out of a student loan through bankruptcy is, is nearly impossible. Um, so with that, there's, there's two sides. You've got the federal and the private. On the federal side, these are, these are backed by, by the federal government, uh, backed by the taxpayers to 97 cents on the dollar approximately. Um, and the federal government has all kinds of programs on, on how to push your payment into forbearance and defer payments and, and you know, through income-driven repayment plans and so forth. Private lenders, on the other hand, they don't offer any of these programs. Private lenders are uh, banks, okay? For example, uh, Wells Fargo, just to name an example, Citizens Bank. Uh, these, are, these are funded by private investors. And in essence, the borrower borrowers, borrows that money to go to school and when they come out of school, it's time to start making payments. And that's where why refi steps in when, when they can't make those payments. So you basically purchase distressed student loans. Correct. We're buying them at, and, and we buy them at a discount and we help re, re, restructure that loan, refinance it into a new loan that the borrower can actually afford to pay. We put the borrower through a very rigorous underwriting process, allowing them the opportunity to prove to us that they have the willingness and ability to pay us back. Uh, we then put them into a custom loan that they can actually afford. Uh, fast forward, here we are five and a half years in, and, and uh, our borrowers are wildly successful. 
We have a very, very low default rate, uh, less than 2%, and our borrowers are, are performing well beyond our expectations. So we're very, very happy for them. So when you bring a borrower on, you, in essence, rehabilitate their credit and their ability to repay. We do. Yeah. So interesting thing, Ference, yes. about, about these borrowers. When they come to us, and, and this is to some degree a part of the socially responsible aspect, if you will, of this uh, opportunity, is a borrower, when they come to us, they generally don't have a lot of other credit. Okay, and, and the student loan has, has done some really bad things to their credit. Uh, they don't own homes. They don't have credit cards. If they do, they're minimal. They don't own cars. If they do, the car loans are small. Uh, and their credit scores have just been decimated. Our average borrower comes to us with a low 500, high 400 FICO score. That's tough. Okay. Our average co-borrower comes to us with a low 600, high 500 FICO score. Now, why refi? We didn't start this business with the intention of repairing credit. What right. we discovered is through an unintentional benefit, the way we do what we do, what we tend to see is about a 125-point FICO bump on a borrower in six to nine months from us funding a loan and about 138 on a co-borrower in that same time frame. Now, what's interesting about this is 70% of our portfolio, which is right in line with statistics on the, on the total federal and uh, private portfolios, is that 70% have co-borrowers. So mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, someone has signed on this loan with this borrower, and, and they're in the same trouble. Well, you see FICO score recoveries like that, and these are meaningful, impactful changes to these folks, okay? Uh, it, when, what I mean by that is, sure. is FICO drives everything. Right. Your ability to buy a house, get a car, get a credit card. Even some insurance companies are FICO-driven from their rate standpoint. So these are, these are widespread changes across their financial uh, horizon, right? It, mm -hmm. It's meaningful to these folks. So that, that, that's kind of that socially responsible part. That's really cool. So obviously you're purchasing these distressed student loans. Correct. Rehabilitating these situations so they get back on a payment schedule they can afford. Right. And... Um, and then on the other side, obviously, you're raising funds as a private investor. Correct. And that's why you're here on, that's why on I'm your, here. That's why, your <laughs> personal right show. And so if, if somebody's on the investor side and wants to take advantage of or, you know, allocate some money, because like I said, gosh, where do you where can you invest your money these days with some relative safety? Right. Uh, what what what's in how does it work with the investor side? So. Y-Refi, we've built our fourth portfolio. It's called Y-Refi SLP4, stands for Student Loan Portfolio 4. Uh, this is what's called a Regulation D 506C. So it is filed with the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh, this is for accredited investors only. If anybody wants to know what an accredited investor is, you can tell them, I can tell them. Like, call right. in and we'll, we'll explain it. Um, in this portfolio, minimum investment is $50,000, and you can allocate that. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll explain how you can allocate it. Sure. Um, and, and the way it works very simply is the investor comes in and they can pick the duration of their investment from one to five years. Okay. So, uh, I, I always use the example of a client putting in say a half a million dollars, okay. okay. Put a hundred thousand dollars in the one year that's paying 6.25% fixed interest. Okay. Okay. Put a hundred thousand dollars in the two year note that's paying 6.75% fixed interest, a three year note, 7.5, a four year is paying 8.25 and a five-year note is paying 10.25% per year fixed interest, okay? So the way this initially was designed, client says, I want to put $100,000 into each note as an example. Mm -hmm. okay, again, minimum is only 50, but just go with it. 
So now that minimum is total of 50, correct? Total of 50. Got you it. could take 50 and put 10 into each if you wanted to. Okay. Okay. We actually have a client that has done that recently. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so you put that money in, and the initial design was that you have, as the investor, the ability to take interest income only every month, and at the end of the term, you get your money back. It's structured very similar to a bond. Right. Okay. They're promissory notes. Structured. The, the structure just looks and feels like a bond. So with that, client takes that interest income, and at the end of the term, they get their money back, or they can then roll that money up the ladder if they chose to do so. This is an opportunity for a client to create a laddered income. Okay. okay. Then we said, let's get really creative with this. Okay. Let's let's allow the opportunity for the investor to maybe they don't want the income. Maybe they want to compound or reinvest. Right. So we said, all right, let's give them the ability to go in into each individual tranche and turn it from income to compounding. Let's take it one step further. Let's give that investor the ability to turn income up or down in 1% increments in each individual tranche as often as monthly. So you've got maximum flexibility. Okay. So you, I, I use this example. you got that 100000 in each tranche. Client says, I need income from the one, three, and five-year note. I want to compound or reinvest the two and the four-year note. Okay. okay. Next month, they come along and they say, I need a little bit more income. Mm-hmm. So they kind of say, I want to take it from the one, the three, and the five. I'll take 52% of the income from the two-year note <laughs> and compound the balance, and I'll, I want to compound the four-year. Great, we can do that. So you could get really creative with Very this. creative, complete and total control by the investor, okay? Then they come in the next month and they say, I don't want any income, turn it all off, let it all reinvest. Okay. Okay, so you've got complete and total control. Now, I'm gonna pick on some other products. There's, there's products out there, and you can agree or disagree. Annuities, for example, if you turn mm-hmm. on income in a fixed income, or any annuity, frankly, where you do it in an income rider, or you mm-hmm. annuitize, that's chipped in stone, signed in blood. You're not changing that. I don't, I don't know of any annuities where you can turn it on and off, up and down, and do all these things. Maybe there's I, some out there now. Well, there, yeah, Is there so some? Yeah, they're bringing you up to speed a little Please. bit. Please. Because you used to be in, the, in, that, in that business some years ago. Some years ago. You, you can turn it on and off okay. at, at any time you want, but they don't go up or down. Ah, okay. So, so whatever the rate down. is, the rate is the rate. Got it. Okay. okay, so they do have them now where you can actually turn them yes, off. Yes, okay. that part they yeah. have. Okay, good yeah. to know. Good to know. Uh, glad to hear that, actually. Yeah, yes. um, it's so, a relatively recent fair improvement. Enough. Oh, that is an improvement, actually. I'm it glad is. to hear that. Yes. Now, if you annuitize, you can't you can't change it. That's different. Okay. Right? Annuitize, yeah, exactly. Like Only if so. it's an income rider. Yes. Got it. If it's an income rider, we don't rec- <laughs> typically recommend annuitizing because you do. You lock yourself in stone, period. That's right. It. Like, just like Social Security. Once you turn it on and you set it, it's... That's Set it. in stone, right. It ain't changing. Gotcha. That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've built this this very, very flexible structure. Yes. And given the, the investor the flexibility, and then in July our new investor portal is coming out where the investor can actually go right online. They can run cash simulations. They can make these elections. Everything will be done right in the portal. So, again, maximum flexibility with a click of a, mount, uh, of a button. What would cause somebody not to go, because you mentioned the rates are anywhere from one to five year terms mm-hmm. and six and a quarter up to 10 and a quarter. Correct. What would stop somebody from saying, look, I just want to put it all in the five year and I may or may not turn income on or off as needed. We have a lot of clients that do that. They just go straight to, for example, the five year. Right. Put 100,000, 200, whatever their number right. into that five year. At note. least 50, right? Yep. Our five year note is actually our, our most popular. Well, it's 10, 10.25%, <laughs> I understand. Great. Followed by the three, I believe the, I'm going on memory right now, yeah. the two, the one, and then the four. Okay. In that order. 
And uh, it, so the answer is yes, you can pick one. You don't have to spread it out amongst all of them. It's just an option. Sure. Um, so Lane, if somebody was interested in more information on this, how mm-hmm. would they contact you? Uh, well, they can go to invest, Y refi, it's just invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y dot com. Uh, or you can call the investor relations team and or you can call me right on my cell phone. I'm going to give that number out, believe it or not. What is that again? 602-292-6287. And do us all a favor, folks. If you do call Lane or reach out to him email, please let him know that you heard heard him on the Your Personal Bank show because we always like to uh, we all want to know where we're getting uh, uh, folks who are interested from. And then we're going to talk about in the next segment, I'm really going to encourage you to stay tuned because as as good as this can be, well, if you combine this with the Your Personal Bank concept, folks, you can add a 2 or 3% positive arbitrage. So if you're getting a 6, 6 and a quarter to 10 and a quarter rate return with the Y-Refi, the, you know, backed by student loan debt, you can add 2 or 3% to that. Right. So now we're looking at 8, 12, 13% returns with some, well, on the insurance side, guaranteed, with guarantees, tax-free also on top of it. Um, and I think that stands up really, really fir- strong compared to a lot of other things today. So stay tuned. Don't miss it. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And we have a very interesting guest today, Lane Schoenberger. 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 Apologize for that. That's all right. Um, he, with Y-Refi. And he's talking about a very interesting and uh, kind of unique investment opportunity, um, basically investing in private student loan debt. Correct. Now, Lane, if somebody missed it, can you give us a real quick, what is, what is Y-Refi? What do you do? Y-Refi refinances distressed private student loans only. No federal student loans, just private. So we're not subject, subjected to any forgiveness. We didn't really dive too deep into that. Let's no, we talk didn't. about it. Um, but all, only, only private distressed student loans. Okay. So let, since you brought that up, let's go there because it's in the news. I mean, yep. almost every week. The political uh, hot potato of the day. Yeah. Potentially <laughs> Biden forgiving, a, a Biden administration forgiving a bunch of student loans. If they did that, how would that affect this? So it's a great question. And we get asked literally by almost every investor. And in the answer, there's two answers, the short and the long. The short answer is we are in private, not in federal. It's not their money to forgive. So we, we at Y-Refi are not concerned about them offering any kind of forgiveness on the private portfolio because they would actually have to write us a check for the amount of the portfolio in order to pay it off. That'd be like me saying, hey, Ference, guess what? Your mortgage, it's paid off. Mm-hmm. No one cares until I write that check. Right. <laughs> right? Okay. right. So there's that. Now, the longer version of that story is federal student loans, again, they're backed by the federal government, taxpayers, it's on their shoulders. If they do any kind of forgiveness of federal loans, whether it's you know this 10000 that they're talking about now or some other amount, uh, most borrowers that have private loans also have federal loans. So what we would expect to see, and we've done a ton of research on this, and I actually have an article from the Office of Responsible Budgeting, which is a government agency, okay, mm-hmm. where well, they've that's, done this. That's, a, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> I know, right? Gover- what did you call that again? It was government. The Office of Responsible Budgeting. Which I didn't is, know that existed uh, in the government. No one does. <laughs> okay, got okay. it. So but it's a government agency, and, and what they've done is they, they've already done the homework. It's a four- or five-page article, and they're, they're basically saying that the forgiveness of any federal student loan debt would just be a burden on the taxpayers, would accomplish zero 
throw more um, towards the national deficit, would increase the cost of college inflation even higher than it already is. And at the end of the day, they, when they pulled the borrowers, 100% of the borrowers said the freed up cash flow that we would see, which they estimated between two and 500 a month, those borrowers, all of them said one thing, we will use the money to pay down our other consumer debt, including our private student loans. So there's zero benefit to the government to do this. But the government doesn't listen to the government. They're going to do what they're going well, to do. Well, the politicians <laughs> don't. And be playing devil, devil's advocate, you know, I, in my opinion, right. again, this is my opinion, uh-huh. that Biden has kicked the can down the road to closer to the election so that he can buy votes. Agreed. I, I, you and I are on the same page. Absolutely. Exactly. So, so even though this office of this budget office right. that recommends this, I, I do not believe that that's they're, they're that's going to be listened to. I agree completely. I think we're going to see some. Unfortunately, I think we're going to see some kind of student loan forgiveness. I agree. There, there will there will likely be a little bit of something just to get the votes and be able to say we did something. But right. That's that's a whole other conversation. That's a political conversation. The question then becomes, what does that do to why refi? Right. What does that do to our portfolio, and how does it? How does it affect our investors? And right. the, an- the answer to the question, very simply, is right now we are experiencing over 10% prepayment speed. What that means in our portfolio is a little over 10% of our borrowers are making an additional payment. Okay. okay. Payment's 500 a month, and they're paying 525 or something more. They're paying something additional towards paying off that debt. And what we would expect to see with that freed-up cash flow is that our prepayment speed would actually go up. Now, if you understand our model, right. prepayments are very, very good, and we're, we love to do that. We want and to see our borrowers succeed. For the borrower, there's no, is there's no prepayment penalty. Absolutely not. No prepayment okay. penalty. Okay. So um, now, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to mention about our portfolio, this is a secured collateralized. Yeah, now, this, now, this is ahead. for the investor. This is for the investor. Going All back right. to the investor. All Thank right, you. go back there. So this is a secured collateralized portfolio. What does that mean? That means that there's a great big legal document that very simply says, in simple terms, if Y Refi defaults on a payment to an investor, be it interest or principal, the portfolio is sent over to an independent third-party collateral agent. That collateral agent has one job. It's a math decision. Okay, they don't care about my feelings at this point. It's all about how do we pay back these investors? What does that look like? Okay, we got to right. pay them back. Well, we sell the portfolio. Do we collect on the portfolio? Do we sell a portion and collect on the balance to pay back the investors? Okay, those are the options. It's a math decision, frankly. So it, yeah, it's much like when FDIC takes over yeah, a bank. Exactly, similar idea. Same idea, and and now the other side of that is what's the asset? Well, right. the asset is a portfolio of bankruptcy protected student loans, mm-hmm. okay, that have seventy percent have co borrowers, um, and and now becomes what's the what, how how leveraged is this asset for the benefit of the investors? So I'll give you an example. We we settle the debt out in let's call it thirty five, thirty eight, forty cents on the dollar, okay. Okay. We refinance that to the borrower and at 100%. Okay, we tack in our refinance fee, so we've got this, this uh, nice spread in there. Okay. What we then do is we're giving this borrower a custom loan with a low fixed interest rate. Okay. Okay. Our average our portfolio is only 3.9%. So these borrowers are not getting hit with these massive interest rates. Right. Okay. We then give them a custom term. Okay. Average term in our portfolio is only 8.6 years. These are not predatory loans. They're very low fixed interest rates. They're, they're custom terms, and they can afford the payment. Okay. okay. That's why our default rate is so low. Well, then the other side of that is you've got the borrower making these payments. Sorry. Got to get back in that train of thought. It's yeah. been so good until just Yeah, now. it happens to all yep, of it. Yep. It's the best of it. Yep. But go ahead. Um, 
So, well, let, well, let me ask you while you're thinking on that. So, so you, you're talking about a low interest rate loan for the borrower, mm-hmm. and you're not really going to be subject to the whims of the Federal Reserve and the rates and all that stuff because you're getting the money from the private investors. Correct. correct? And so basically you're able to dictate or be able to control the interest rates to the borrower. So if interest rates go up, which they're clearly doing, right? the Federal Reserve's come out and said they're going to raise rates. Most people are expecting at least a half-point rate this month and another one next month at right. the very least. But that's really not going to affect you and your borrowers that much, is it? It doesn't affect them at all because right. we dictate our own interest rates. We're a completely non-correlated asset, meaning right. we're not correlated to any of the markets, the Fed, none of it. Okay. And, and Lane, i got to say, that's one of the reasons why, and it, those of you that are listeners to the show know that I don't bring on a lot of uh, uh, financial people to the table or in, uh, invite them because, you know, we all know if you want to invest in the market, there's plenty of people to talk to. Right, right. You know, if you, if you want to invest in real estate, there's plenty of people to talk to. You want to buy precious metals, cryptocurrency, any of those other things, there's a hundred people to talk to about any of those right. things. And we all know the pluses and minuses of those investments. We talk about them regularly. Right. This is something that's fairly unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I find intriguing because, again, it's like you said, it's backed by student loan, private student loan debt that cannot be bankrupt. Uh, Correct. Can't, can't be bank. They can't get rid of it discharged through bankruptcy court. Right. So there's some relative security or safety in, in, as a result. Right. Much like a real estate loan. It's backed by real, the value of the real estate. Right? It is. Yeah. What's interesting, and I, I remember what I was going to say a minute ago. Awesome. So at this point in time, where we, you know, I just said we, we, our average interest rate to our borrowers is only three point nine percent. Right. This is usually where most investors stop me and they say, "Lane, how are you paying ten and a quarter on a five-year note if you're there only you. collecting three point nine from a borrower on average?" The math doesn't make sense. I already know the answer, but you go know ahead. the answer. So the answer is again, we're buying at a steep discount, refinancing at a hundred percent, right? Plus our five percent refinance fee. So these borrowers are there's about a you know, 70-ish point spread in there. Right. Why refi is not making its money on the interest that we're charging these borrowers, we're making it on the spread. We're you're, sharing you're, that you're spread. Bu- yeah, because so you're, bu- you're buying distressed We buy it at debt. a discount, correct. You're buying it at a discount. Right. So we're sharing that spread with the investor right. to be able to do well by doing good in the industry and helping people. Which is, which we got to talk about, we're going to talk about in the next segment, how you're able to do that and how, uh, how much availability is there in that arena. So stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show, and today we've got a special guest, Lane Schoenberger, with Why Refi. And one of the things I we kind of got cut up on the caught up on the last segment, Lane. How if somebody's interested in investing with Why Refi, which is which is you guys buy distressed uh, student loan, private student loan mm-hmm. debt. How would they contact you if they want more information? Uh, visit investyrefi.com. That's just invest the letter Y R E F Y dot com. Okay, excellent. Or you can call me. Absolutely. And what's the number? 602-292-6287. Again. 602-292-6287. One of the questions we kind of finished up on was, how, how do you get the borrowers? So, g- great question. How do we get the borrowers? Why Refi does not do any outbound phone calls. We are not those robocalls that you get. That is not Why Refi. We actually get our borrowers one of three ways. Okay. We work with a, uh, directly with the uh, lenders, servicers, collection agencies, and law firms. We've established 
over 120 some relationships with these folks and they will actually transfer the borrower live from their call floor to our call floor and hand them off. Uh, the second thing we do is pay-per-click. There might be certain keywords a borrower would be on the internet typing in looking for help and they would be directed to Y-Refi. The last thing we do is we actually work with the uh, credit unions. So I'm sorry, credit collect. Credit uh, collection agencies. No, right? the, uh, uh, no. Credit reporting agencies. Oh, credit reporting. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the credit reporting agencies. Okay. Uh, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. And we right. have, we have, what we do there is we query data. Uh, we know who the borrowers are that have the problem we built the solution for. And mm -hmm. we would send them a, basically a postcard. It says, hey, you've got a problem. We've got a solution. Here's our number. Give us a call. So Everything how, is inbound. So how does it go in terms of like finding the borrowers? How are you doing in that re arena? I know it's, it's going very well, particularly since August. Um, we had a 66% spike in call volume in August. Uh, and I'll give you the quick background on that. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, all that student loan forbearance that was going on with the federal government. Right. Uh, that did flow over into the private arena just a little in that when they, when they did this, what you don't hear behind the scenes is uh, the federal government went to the private lenders who all have relationships with the Department of Education and said, you need to put everybody in forbearance. Well, the private lenders said, we can't do that. We have investors to pay. Here's our compromise. We'll stop collecting on the people that are in this portion of the pipeline. If they're this far down, we're going to keep going after them. Uh, if they're current, we're going to leave them paying. They have to call us. But if they call and sniffle into the phone and say the word COVID, we'll put them into forbearance. But they have to call. Well, that was the, that was the agreement. Okay. okay. So that went on for 18 months. And that was where we saw probably the biggest strain on uh, the business. Right? Sure. Because now, now the leads dry up. I shouldn't say dry up. They went, they went down. Kind of, they went slow down. They went flat. Okay. Okay. Bring in a half a million dollars in apps. You fund a half a million dollars in apps, and it was very stagnant for eighteen months. Well, in August, if you go back and you listen to President Biden's speech, where he's talking about extending student loan forbearance into December, he made it clear in that speech that that is for federal student loans only, not your private student loans. Mm. Well, in August, we saw a sixty-six percent increase in call volume, right? Because all these private lenders were hiring collectors again, and they're making those calls, reporting them as delinquent and defer and uh, uh, defaulted. So. All of a sudden, everything turned on. Well, that flow volume has continued. April was our largest volume of new applications in the history of the company. May was our largest funding month in the history of the company. We're going to see how June stacks up. We're only halfway through it. Not quite. I would anticipate that going forward, especially once Biden does make a final decision after that sometime this summer, fall, then you're probably going to see an uptick then because there'll be some resolution at that point. Finally, yeah. we'll see. We'll see more. Though the uptick right. is coming, and this is a massive market. It's a twenty-one billion dollar market. Okay, so With, finding borrowers is not a challenge. There's not a challenge finding borrowers. There's plenty of them out there. So how about on the investor side? Because you kind of got to balance the two, right? Got to balance the two. So those are the. When I get asked a lot of time, what are the biggest risks? The biggest risks are: is there, is there enough market? Yes, there is. It's a twenty-one billion dollar market, and it all just unfroze. Uh, the other side is is raising enough capital, right? Because okay? we are a, a company where we raise capital in order to do what we do, and you know, with the economy the way it is, the interest rates that we're offering, inflation, and everything else, we offer a very nice alternative investment for investors to consider, uh, where they can put money in, get a fixed return, whether it be what, income or growth. And what is the uh, what is the return rates? Return uh, the range range is uh, one year six and a quarter, all the way up to five years at ten and a quarter. So you're looking at six and a quarter to ten and a quarter return, yes, sir. And that's backed by student loan, private student loan debt. Correct. And so it seems to me uh, a quite interesting um, diversification strategy. Yes, thank you. Particularly if somebody's uh, concerned about the markets, 
or maybe the real estate market, or we have seen quite an uptick yes, in uh, investors sure. in the last. Uh, I bet you have. Let's call it sixty days. We've seen it. We've seen a huge influx of of investor interest. Well, as I started the show today, even with the number one question I'm receiving is, where's a place I can invest mm-hmm. and and receive uh, some some relative expectation of not losing money, right, and get a decent return at the same time, right. And, and Lane, that's why I invited you to, to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And and what's interesting also, Ferris, is we continue, uh, Ferris, as we continue to build this, is we've done qualified money and non-qualified money, so retirement accounts and non-retirement. I'm accounts. glad you brought that up because I'm going to on the next segment we're going to talk about qualified and non-qualified monies and where this could be a good fit for you. Lane, how would they contact you real quick? Uh, investyrefi.com. It's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call me at 602-292-6287. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And uh, if you've been listening to today's show, it's been a very interesting uh, one because as as if you listen to the show last, the, my last one, I was talking about the number one question I'm getting from folks, uh, anybody I'm talking to today is, where can I invest money today, get a decent rate of return, and have some reasonable expectation of not losing it? Um, we're in crazy times. I mean, the uh, CPI just came out at what recently at 86 the highest in 41 years. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's no question that is really taking a toll on the stock markets. Uh, a lot of people, you know, with the Federal Reserve is talking about raising, they've raised rates now a couple of times. They're talking about raising half points at least for the next, uh, we're hearing rumors of half point raises throughout the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Folks, if that happens, that's just going to kill real estate values. And so a lot of people are concerned about that. Uh, cryptocurrency has not turned out to be the panacea that people thought or they were claiming it would be because it seems like every time the market goes down, if Tesla goes down, so does Bitcoin. And uh, and then even precious metals, I've, I get asked about that one a lot. And if you look at the charts, like gold, for example, has just not, you would think gold would be soaring right now, but it's not. And the, and the reasons, it took me a long time to figure this out, but many of my banking friends have shared with me that about 80% of the world's gold supply is controlled by the central banks of the world. And so if you control 80%, you control the price. And it's no secret that the central banks manipulate prices on precious metals. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a quandary. Where do you put money today? Your personal bank, of course, with the guarantees and safety that's in, inherent to that. Positive arbitrage has been a very good solution. I've shared I-bonds. Uh, I Inflation bonds, go to treasurydirect.gov uh, if you want more information on that. Unfortunately, it's limited. You can only do 10000 per year per person, family member. The third option that I, I, I introduced, and we have Lane here with us today to share more about, is, is investing in basically distressed private student loans. So, Lane, thank you for coming in today to the, your personal bank show. Thank you. So... If somebody uh, wants to contact you for more information, and, and again, folks, I want to say this. As I stated at the beginning of the show, I want to reiterate this. I'm not telling you to go invest in this. I'm telling you to check it out. I think it's an interesting option. So don't buy this because Ferentz said so. 
you want to do your own due diligence. And, and so, Lane, uh, where would they contact you for more information? Uh, start with invest, Y refi. So it's invest, the letter Y, R E F Y dot com. Or you can call me at my, on 602 292 6287. And, you know, we're not here to sell. We're here to explain. We love to tell our story, right? answer questions. If you love it, great. If you don't, I made a new friend. I'm good with that. I, I actually enjoy <laughs> right. just sharing the story. He's an educator at heart. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's, that's, a, like I, uh, that's kind of my heart. But why refi? Somebody missed it. What is why refi? Why refi? We, we're a distressed assets port, uh, company. All we deal with is distressed private student loans. So we're very specialized. All right. And so you rehabilitate student loans for borrowers. Private ones, not the public. Correct. No federal. No federal. So that way they're not going to be forgiven by the Biden administration. Correct. Okay. And if somebody wanted to invest, what's the rates of return they could reasonably expect? Uh, a one-year note for 6.25% 6 up to a five-year note at 10.25%. That's excellent. Now, can you do qualified and or non-qualified? You can. You can actually invest in a qualified account. We have to work with a IRA custodian that will handle... Uh, uh, alternative investments, and we've got a, a list of over a dozen IRA custodians that we work with currently. Uh, and you can also invest in a non-qualified account. We can hold title as an individual, joint, trust, LLC, whatever uh, format best suits your needs. Sure. One, one key is it has to be a reg, uh, accredited investor, only right. accredited investors. Got it. So one of the questions I get all the time is, can I take my IRA 401k and invest in the personal bank concept? The challenge is, the answer is yes with a caveat. The challenge is you can take money from it, but there's tax implications. There are certain strategies that can, can help alleviate that. Um, many people are familiar with Roth conversions. A similar concept is that it can be done, but you're dealing with tax consequences. So my thought is, particularly on a, not on a qualified plan, this could be a, an interesting place to roll it over. Mm -hmm. No tax consequence in that, in that regard then. Correct. And now you, somebody could create a six and a quarter to ten and a quarter percent Correct. rate of return right. on monies backed by student loan debt. Right. And one of the questions we get asked mm -hmm. is, what are the tax consequences for what we're doing here? Right. Okay. True. Uh, these are promissory notes. Okay. So we every on non-qualified money uh, at the end of each year, whether you compound or whether you take the income, we have to send a 1099 interest form. Sure, just okay. like most non most non qualified accounts, and what if you're not familiar with that? That's your standard, regular, basic type of in accounts. If you earn, if you have a gain, you have to pay the tax on the gain. So you right. uh, that would fit in the same realm, right? If it's an IRA, if it's an IRA, it's tax deferred, right? Under the IRA rules, right. so you're taking income. We're sending the payment back to the IRA custodian, and then you're taking the income from them and reporting the taxes. However, that IRA right. is going to treat it. So it'd be no different that if you already had a non-qualified uh, account, IRA, 401k type of account, the tax consequence is going to be exactly the same. Correct. You could defer it each year, not pay any tax. If you take money from it, you're going to pay the tax on what you took out. Correct. Yep. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. So, again, the, I, I consider this an interesting diversification strategy. Thank you. A lot of people are looking for that these days. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm bringing this to folks' attention. So I do, my, my intention here is, and I want to understand, I really, I don't get really, there's not any benefit to this for me. Sure. I just think this is a good idea for somebody to explore and consider as an option. So that's why I invited you, Lane, Thank today. You. So let's, let's talk about this again, because these are some of the common questions. You know, is this a security? 
Uh, it is a security um, under Reg D, Regulation D, 506C. So it is filed with the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh, you can go there and look up our Edgar filing. Um, it's considered an exempt security under that uh, specific rule. So, but yes, it is a security and it is filed. How's the money protected? Money's protected in a secured collateralized portfolio. So the, the assets are backed by the portfolio itself and there's a collateral agent and a security agreement protecting the investor in the event we were to default. Okay, and what does that mean to somebody that doesn't know what that means? What that <laughs> in English. In English, <laughs> it means if we default, the portfolio goes to a third party, independent third party collateral agent. Their job is to make the investors whole. And how do they do that? They take the portfolio and they either sell it, they, uh, they might collect on it to pay the investors or they sell a portion and collect on the balance. So let me give you an, an example of how leveraged that is in the favor of the investors. Okay. Um, investor puts $100,000 in. We turn around and we buy student loans, refinance them into new portfolio. Let's call it two and a half to one. Let's be conservative. Call it two point two and a half to one. Okay. okay? So 100,000 is now worth $250,000 in face value. Okay. okay. And I'm gonna keep the portfolio small for the moment. We default, okay, on our payments, and the collateral agent would then take that asset was worth two hundred fifty thousand and sell it. Mm. Well, they're going to go out and they're going to sell it on the open market. And there's a very active market for portfolios that are performing. Sure. So they would sell that, let's say, eighty eighty five cents on the dollar. Okay. On on the two hundred fifty thousand. So it's still far more than what the investor invested. Exactly, far more than what the investors invested. So now the investor's been made whole. So it's leveraged heavily in the favor of the investors. And I would assume, Lane, I didn't ask you. I'm going to put. I'm going to put them on the spot here. So uh, <laughs> I would assume there's some sort of accounting or whatever that somebody could you could provide to. We we documentation do, yeah. all that. We, we are. Uh, we, we are audited regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, we, we actually do that for a lot of different reasons. Sure. Uh, you know, if ever we decide we want to sell a portfolio, those audits are going to be very important to a potential buyer. So these so are third-party independent audits. Independent third-party audits. In fact, this new portfolio, uh, SLP4, will be uh, audited by what's called a PCAOB auditing firm. Okay. So they're they're on the other end of the spectrum from the standpoint of the quality of the firm. They're, they're not just a, a, a CPA. They're right on that higher level. Got that it. That makes sense? Yeah. I don't want to go into what a PCAOB is no, right now because it's a long yeah, story. Yeah, that's a lot. So uh, the other part, I think some there's some protection involved here, again, is student loan debt cannot be bankrupted. Correct. By the borrower. Right. So one of the questions that we get asked yes. frequently is, well, what happens if Congress changes the bankruptcy laws? How is my money protected? And the answer is very simply this. We put our borrowers through a very rigorous underwriting process on the front end, part of which is we require that borrower to escrow, okay, making a minimum of two months payment. We average about six while we underwrite. That's to have that borrower prove to us that they have the willingness and ability to pay us back. Okay? This is before we ever spend any investor money to fund a loan. Okay? So if, if for whatever reason the borrower fails or we decide not to approve them the underwriting process, there's zero risk to the borrower. Give them back 100% of their money. Okay. On the other side, we get them approved. They go through loan committee. They get approved, and we then take 100% of that escrow amount, and we apply it on their very first statement towards principal reduction. So right out of the gate, they can see they're winning. Okay. Okay, so we're giving them that encourage right out of the front. So with that, now the borrower is in the program. They're making their payments. They've, they've actually made them for, let's call it six months because that's our average right now. What, the, what we call infant mortality, where the, where the borrower would typically default. That's usually in the first 12-ish months. We, in a lot of cases, we're halfway through that before we even fund a loan because they've been making those payments before we ever even funded the loan. So they're off and running. Okay? 
Uh, with that, the borrower is now in the program. They're making their payments, maybe maybe accelerating their payments, and they're winning. That's okay. awesome. So going back to that bankruptcy part. Yes. So how do we protect the portfolio? The, the, the portfolio has got an – I'm going to give you some averages on our portfolio. Right. These are our, all of them combined, by the way, one, two, three, and four. So our, our average borrower indebtedness is just under $40,000. These are not massive loans, Okay. The average borrower interest rate is only 3.9 fixed. Custom term, average term is only 8.6 years. 70% of our borrowers come with a co-borrower, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. So you get into a situation where they change the bankruptcy laws, okay, borrower has to go into the courtroom and prove to the judge, hey, I don't want to pay this loan anymore. That's not how you do it. It's, it's, right. not, it's not I don't want to pay it, but I can no longer afford right. to pay it. Right. Okay, so I got to prove that. Well, we've already given them this low custom term loan. How are you going to prove you can no longer afford that? Something must have changed right. significantly. Well, and now if you have a co-borrow, it has to apply to them too. Yeah, you know, mom and dad have to bankrupt too. Grandma right. and grandpa. This is not a you get out and they get out. No, no, you both have to do it. Mm -hmm. So what we do to protect our, our investors is we're always pushing up that co-borrow rate. We want to do that. And we want to keep that balance low, Okay, that $40,000 average, which is actually the average in the industry. Um, but you do that, and, and you're going to reduce the risk of a borrower taking bankruptcy in the event laws were to change. Yeah, I see that. All right, uh, Lane, how could someone, an investor, screw this up? How can, What's the risk? What's the downside? Um, how can an investor screw it up? I yeah. don't, mm, interesting question. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how an investor can screw it up. You know, <laughs> it, it, We what, understand if a borrower doesn't pay, we, we all get what happens there. Yeah, the investors are in the portfolio, so you're right. not tied to any one loan. You're in the whole right. portfolio. Okay. And as I indicated earlier, our default rate is exceptionally low. Right. Um, so, you know, an investor, frankly, the only thing they could really do to screw it up is get in and then decide to get out early, and you wind up surrendering the interest. The, the penalty for early withdrawal, we didn't really talk much yeah, about that. Yeah, let's touch on that. The, the liquidity feature for an investor is structured similar to a CD. Client needs out or the investor needs out early. The penalty is interest only. Okay. Okay. There's no, no attack on principle. It's okay. interest only. So if, if they go and get in and they pick this one one through five year time frame, right, and they decide they want to get out and get their money out before that's over, right, they lose the interest. Correct. No. They get their principal back. Get their principal back. It's a ninety day money out. That's how long we have to do it. Okay. Uh, example in the so one year. So within ninety days, they'll yeah. get the money back that they put in. Exactly. And and the best example is you know you're in the one year, you're in for six months, and you want out. Okay, you surrender six months interest. If you're in the five year, you're four and a half years in. Don't don't do that. That's a right. bad call, right? right. That, that's what I'm going to call you and say, what can we do? How can we figure this out? You're almost at the finish line. We got to right. get you across that finish line. Right. You're almost there. I don't want to see you fail, right? Right. Now we're obviously going to do whatever you tell us to do as the investor, but right. let's have a conversation. Maybe we could turn income on, turn it up, whatever we can do to help you get across that finish line, right? Because we don't want to see that, right? Um, uh, and uh, if you combine this with the personal bank concept, that would give that borrower even more options. Correct. Because if you've got some positive leverage, you've increased your rate of return, you also got more cash value in your policy. Right. That would buy you a lot more options. Right. Lane, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. It, real quick, how do yep. they contact you for in, more information? Investyrefi.com. It's invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or call me at 602 to 926287. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com.
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. 